this Gucci scarf. Yeah, we all know about yeah, the scarf. Exactly. Yes. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Said that, okay, this is not a nice song. But people have actually played this song in their wedding. Oh, no. Oh, and no. he was like, you guys are stupid. How can you leave me? And, uh, How dare yeah. you? I'm not so convinced that that is a good enough story for that song. <laughs> Hello and welcome to this episode of the I Should Have Known podcast, the trivia podcast that can't be trusted. Each week, our quiz master presents you with four big facts on a topic, but one of those facts is a lie. And we're continuing our bad romance themed month where we're kind of turning Valentine's Day on its head. And today we have the topic of breakup songs. And our quiz master is Soups. Hello. So he's going to tell us Four stories of the breakups behind the songs, but one of his stories he has entirely made up. So join me, Andy, and our other host, Tanner, in figuring out which one it is. Awesome. What I love about breakup songs is they often say, I should have known. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All these four songs that we're going to talk about, they're very famous. But before we get to it, low hanging fruit of the week. The name of the album is 21. Mm. The song is Someone Like You. Who's the singer? Adele. Definitely Adele. Yeah, definitely. For me, like, I feel like every time I hear Adele's song, it's like I reminisce about relationships I never even had. Yeah, right, (laughs) right, right. Yeah. 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 To move into the four songs. Yeah, let's do it. Well, you know, you cannot start a breakup song episode without mentioning Taylor Swift. Right. Right. Song number one. We are never, ever getting back together. Taylor Swift. So the song released in 2013. This was from Taylor Swift's fourth studio album called Red. Mm -hmm. The song is about how she is so frustrated that her ex wants to get back together. Yeah. And so this is like her response. Do you know who she was talking about? Is that the one that's Jake Gyllenhaal? That is absolutely right. Yes. Though never confirmed. There's enough hints that the song was indeed aimed at Jake Gyllenhaal. They were dating for three months. So Jake Gyllenhaal introduced Taylor Swift to his family. Maggie, Jake's sister, even confirmed the relationship. This album, Red, also has this other song called... All Too Well, uh-huh. which she actually re-released like <laughs> yes. a 10-minute version, which yes. was like yeah. an instant uh, fan hit. Yeah. And right. this song actually talks about this Gucci scarf. Yeah, we all know about yeah. the scarf. Exactly. Yes. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So that's the story of this. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, I know that's the whole thing with All Too Well and Jake Gyllenhaal and giving her scarf back and everything. <laughs> yeah. You know, with all of these, I feel like they're not going to be confirmed right. facts, but yeah. like, I'm pretty certain that a lot of people say it's Jake Gyllenhaal. Right. Yeah. Though I think it's a very funny thing because they have quite an age difference, right? Right. Yeah. She was 22. Yeah. At yeah. The exactly. Time. <laughs> exactly. And I wanted to mention, if you remember our episodes about hot songs, yes. yes. And one of the songs was about Taylor Swift. And uh, John Mayer. John yes. Mayer, yes. Where, again... Uh, Big age difference. Yeah. The age difference. I'm seeing a pattern here. Yeah. Yeah. Are you guys seeing a pattern? <laughs> I mean, Definitely. It, it's not so unusual, but yeah. like, I think a lot of people would find it unusual that an older guy like that who has like a, his life established, presumably, mm-hmm. is like calling this 22-year-old constantly <laughs> and being like, let's get yeah. back together. and Because like, yeah. there's like that line where she's like on the phone, because yeah. that was the album where she did all like the talking in the middle. Right. Like there's a talking interlude in every song. <laughs> yeah. So she's like calling on the phone and I don't remember the exact lyrics, but it's like, I always thought that would be really weird that it's Jake Gyllenhaal doing that. <laughs> yeah. Like he seems too mature for that. 
it seems like a 22 year old move yeah like yeah it's interesting there's no reason that one breakup has to be the same breakup for all the songs on the album right, right? right. if it's the scarf is jake gyllenhaal then maybe we're never getting back together for an ex before jake um, who knows you know maybe someone younger <laughs> who i don't Could know be. sure maybe i don't think you made that up all right we'll see okay so let's move on to song number two my personal favorite Every Breath You Take by The Police. Uh. All right. Okay. <laughs> Arguably the most famous song by Sting and The Police. Mm-hmm. Um, Every Breath You Take was released in the band's final album called mm-hmm. Synchronicity in 1983. The song also spelled doom for the band because by the time they reached this fourth album there was mm-hmm. a lot of infighting between the three of them they hated each other oh jeez as soon as this album got released they broke up okay. oh man yeah, yeah. Uh, so the story behind this song actually was about sting's high school sweetheart <laughs> who he met in math class mm-hmm. in high school sting was incredibly shy and he couldn't muster enough courage to go talk to the girl you know sure. okay. and express his um, feelings yeah. he sort of always found a way to keep himself updated about what she was like doing oh, okay. in, in yeah. her life so in 1982 when the band was going through uh, like a really rough time he sort of wanted to get away from all of this toxic environment right so okay. he sort of reclused himself like you know checked into a hotel started thinking about his high school days and okay. stuff like that and that's when he came up with the song yeah band didn't like the song <laughs> yeah. at all like they were like okay this is like borderline cruel yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah the lyrics like you know it says like something off about it yeah uh, but he sort of forced his way in like the album and it ended up becoming a global chart buster yeah wow All right. I never really thought of that song as a breakup song. No, it always struck me as creepy. Yeah. <laughs> It's like stalker-ish. I'll be yeah. Watching yeah. You. yeah. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> yeah, well, Sting said that okay, this is not a nice song, but people have actually played this song in their wedding. Oh no. Oh, And no. He was like you guys are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> they don't get it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Like this the lyrics themselves, okay, I get what they're hearing. You're right. You know. Yeah. but the feeling of the song the meaning of the song is lost on the- yeah, yeah, yeah yeah so that's interesting because that story is kind of it's the band's breakup yeah yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. so breakup is very open ended yeah, yeah. Concept i like that here. i like that I like it. yeah Yeah, I find it very hard to believe that the guy who was like naked in the 80s version of Dune was shy ever. <laughs> yeah, okay. So maybe. Yeah. I really wonder if Sting would do something like that. I think it comes down to him as a person. Right. Do you think that he was shy as a kid? Do you yeah, think that right. he wrote this about his high school yeah. not I mean, girlfriend forcing his bandmates to put the song in the album totally seems yeah. part for the course yeah <laughs> but uh yeah i mean i'm, I'm gonna put a pin in that one yeah. okay cool how true i think it is yeah. all right so let's move on to song number three okay mm-hmm. another one of my favorite i will always love you by dolly parton i will always love you you say it and the first name that springs to your mind is Whitney Houston right. who recorded a version of this song for the mm-hmm. movie Bodyguard in 1992 oh yeah yes. yep. but the <laughs> original song was actually written by Dolly Parton in 1974 it became number one in charts two mm-hmm. times once when the song released and then the second time it became number one when she re-recorded in 1982 for the movie The Best Little Whorehouse 
in Texas. Oh, okay. And of course, when Whitney Houston did the song, it reached new levels of popularity. Yeah. Right. We're going to go to the original version, which yeah. is Dolly mm-hmm. Parton and why she wrote this song. Again, this song is not about romantic relationships. It's actually about a professional breakup. Oh. In 1973, there was a tiff between Dolly Parton and her co-host and mentor, Porter Wagner. So he was Dolly Parton's mentor Mm -hmm. and like he had this show called the Porter Wagner show and Dolly Parton was Mm co-host and they had like successful show going on for like five years. Mm -hmm. But then Dolly decided that she wants to have her solo career. Okay. Mm -hmm. But every white man in the 1970s, uh, you know, uh, how can you leave me? And uh, (laughs) how dare you you do this? Like, you know, so there were a lot of things, lots of things said, like, you know, Mm -hmm. and Dolly, of course, was uh, sad. She went back and then she wrote the song and she went to him and she was like, listen, give me a minute. The song Mm -hmm. that I wrote will express what I'm going through right now. Yeah. Yeah. So she sang the song and Porter Wagner, as it's recorded, he started crying Uh and he was like, wow, okay, if this is how you feel, go ahead and have this solo career or do whatever that you want to do. But on one condition that you let me produce this song, Mm. because this is like the best thing you've ever (laughs) written. So... They finally had this agreement, you know, Dolly goes on to have like a huge successful yeah. solo career. Yeah. True treasure of a human being. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, that's the story of I Will Always Love You. Wow. Okay. Not what I expected. <laughs> yeah. It's very unexpected. That's yeah. not a romantic relationship. Right. Because, wow, that song has so much feeling in it. I know, it. right? Like. Yeah. I'm surprised I didn't take it the wrong way. (laughs) (laughs) And especially because when you see the lyrics, I'm like, okay, it's totally a love song. Right. right. You try to tell me the Whitney Houston one is originally not about a romantic love? Oh, Oh, man. It's hard to believe. Yeah. It's very suspect. Hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Uh It could very easily be a made up story. And she just felt these things about a lover. And she just wrote it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I knew that song was amazing. Yeah. yeah. I knew Dolly Parton was amazing. I'm not so convinced that that is a good enough story <laughs> for that song. Okay, okay. <laughs> but then maybe that's why it makes it more believable. I don't right. know. Oh, Some yeah. mind okay. games, you know? Mm-hmm. And we have one more to consider. Yes, yes. Yes. Our final song, song number four, Back to Black by A.B. Winehouse. The song released uh, in April 2007 as the third song of her second album with the same name. Mm -hmm. The whole album is actually a reflection of her very public split with the boyfriend at that time, Blake Fielder Civil, Mm -hmm. who left Amy to go date one of his exes. Hmm. Okay. And there are many interpretations of the word black. It could be depression, alcohol, or heroin. Mm -hmm. But one thing's for sure that the song is definitely about their split. Mm -hmm. The song, of course, became very famous, eventually becoming like a platinum record after her tragic death in 2011. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she only did two albums, right? And this was Mm -hmm. her second and last Mm -hmm. album. And she told CNN in an interview that Back to Black is a song about going back to doing what you know after a relationship ends. Mm -hmm. But in her case, the only thing she knew was to go back to work, but she didn't have any work at that time. So she ended up doing silly things. And Mm -hmm. I'm guessing silly things is a euphemism. (laughs) But call it fate or irony. 
One month later, after that song released, she actually married this guy. No mm. way! <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they were married from 2007 to 2009. But it was a very toxic marriage, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, because they were both under alcohol and heroin drugs mm-hmm. abuse, right? So after their marriage ended in 2009, that actually pushed Amy to a really bad place. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a touchy one. Yeah, yeah that is intense. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Huh. I mean, this maybe sounds a little bad, but it seems unfortunately like a plausible background story to the song. Yeah. Knowing about her life, which is quite tragic. Yeah. Maybe I would like to imagine that the truth is (laughs) sunnier, but the truth is her life didn't end up sunnier. So it's really, yeah. It makes it hard to pinpoint where the lie could be. You know, it could just be the whole thing is like she wasn't feeling that way at all. It wasn't about him, but it certainly sounds like it is. Yeah. So it's hard. Yeah. Her voice is incredible. I know. Yeah. That song is so good too. I I think maybe that's kind of an interesting one too, thinking of breakup and heartache. That's almost like a, she was breaking up with us in like a way. Yeah. That's deep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's why I chose like four songs, which have like four types of breakups. Yeah. We went from really fun, peppy Taylor Swift to Amy Winehouse. (laughs) Oh boy. And everywhere in between. Yeah. Yeah, Interesting. Wow. Exactly. Okay. Well, I feel like we're definitely going to be saying I should have known in two ways this episode. Yeah. <laughs> this is a classic breakup line. So can you repeat the four songs for us before Tanner and I take a guess? Yeah, sure. Song number one is We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together by Taylor Swift. Song number two is Every Breath You Take by The Police. Song number three is I Will Always Love You by Dolly Parton. And song number four is Back to Black by Amy Winehouse. And one of those backstories you made up. I did. Where are you thinking? Um, I'm feeling like the sting one is the lie. The police. Okay. That one stands out to me. Yeah. Maybe because I think that Sting wouldn't write a song about like a high school girlfriend stalker situation that he had. I think he's just (laughs) being his normal Sting self and he's just writing creepy songs. Okay. I don't think it it relates to his actual life. I don't think it was actually like a person that he was thinking of when he wrote it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I was pretty skeptical of that too. Like the whole idea of we all know Sting. Like he is not, at least nowadays, like he is not shy uh-huh. or even in the eighties. Yeah. If you <laughs> haven't seen the David Lynch version of Dune, <laughs> do yourself a favor. Yeah. It is a wild ride and Sting is basically naked and it's super weird. It's amazing. There's like an extended shot yeah. of him <laughs> in like the, it just, it's, it's weird. So I feel like it makes sense that like, yeah, like he could get inside this head and kind of like take on this persona, whether sure. real or not. So yeah, it seems kind of weird. Yeah. A little bit. But which one are you thinking about? So I was thinking of that one. Yeah. But also number three, okay. like I said, I want that to be a greater story. Like Dolly Parton is just pouring her heart out for yeah. her unrequited love. Or something. And someone taken away from something her or something. Something epic to deserve that epic song. Yeah. So I think maybe number three I'll go with. Yeah. Dolly Parton. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. So you've got Every Breath You Take by The Police and I Will Always Love You by Dolly Parton. Mm -hmm. Well, good news is one of you is not getting their heart broken. (laughs) (laughs) So the lie 
is Every Breath You Take by the police. Okay. The true story is actually Sting wrote the song when he was going through a mental breakdown after the end of his first marriage with Frances Tomelty and the start of his new relationship with Trudy Styler. Now, Frances and Trudy are like best friends. Oh boy. Mm. And they lived next door. Oh, seriously? So Sting was basically having an affair yeah. with his wife's best friend and it oh, became like boy. really public. So what he did, you know, to get away from all of this, yeah. he went for a retreat in the Caribbean mm-hmm. and sort of, <laughs> of locked himself in the room. <laughs> and then he wrote the song. He came back. He actually performed the song for the band and mm-hmm. the band actually really liked the song. And okay. they were like instantly jamming. Mm-hmm. But the song, he calls it that this is an ugly song. Oh. Uh-huh. And that part is true that people come up to him and say yeah. that, you know, they've used the song for the wedding. Yeah. Yeah. And just like, and eh, like, this eh. is not meant to be a wedding no. song. Right. That was yeah. the end of my marriage and yeah. then a, an affair. Yeah. yeah. So the breakup of the band was not the element. No. So that, okay. No, so it was, right. a, it was a romantic breakup. Romantic. Okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, that story sounds way more like Sting. Yeah. Like we were talking about, you know, like that, that Definitely. seems, all right. Yeah. Now, yes, that sounds true. So. Yeah, that fits. But I mean, I guess wrong. So I guess like every breakup song, I should have known. <laughs> <laughs> I should have known. Thanks for listening to this episode of the I Should Have Known podcast. We will continue our bad romance theme for the rest of February. And we did hit songs in the summer. And Soups did that episode. That included a T-Swift breakup song and another classic breakup band, Fluid Mac. So if you want more backstories of your favorite songs, you can check out that episode. And as always, thanks for listening. How many ex-lovers have you had?